Rhino RX welcomes you to the metaverse where you can create your own world, host events, speak internationally, sell in a virtual storefront. Creators programs available. The future of education is here. Rhino Studio, ready player one. Go ahead and scan the QR code. Join the Silver program today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest calling in from Fayette, Arkansas, is the one and only Steph Cineberry. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. Nicole's going to read a little bit about you so our audience knows a little who you are, and then we're just going to really get into the conversation. Steph Shinneberry is a creative business strategist and the CEO of Genius Code Academy. After spending much of her life in a career that lacked the inspiration and fulfillment she knew was available to her, she began a journey to answer the question, what is it I truly desire? Her journey led to creation of the Genius Identity Code, a process for unlocking your gift, purpose, and path, and the foundation for creating a soul-aligned business and brand. Steph works with creative experts, entrepreneurs, and coaches to help them identify their X factor, embrace their authenticity, create their unique brand vibe, to cut through the noise to stand out online. Welcome, Steph. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, now that was a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. <laughs> the word that's, that just really stuck out for me was identity, because mm -hmm. that's kind of what got me led into this whole process was finding my identity. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share with the audience what it is that you do to help reveal the identity of the true person that we really are. Really, it is about, you know, and it's funny that you bring this up because in when I'm talking about this on Facebook, a lot of times I don't really talk about the identity piece, um, but it really is about getting to, you know, the most authentic version of ourselves. And, and, and what happened with me is I, you know, I, I think you may know a little bit about my story, but I wanted to be an artist and I didn't do that. And I just, you know, because of like suggestions from parents and stuff. And I went into the medical field and I was pretty miserable doing that. And I went back to art school and then, uh, and loved, that was the best time of my life. And, but I couldn't figure out how to make that work financially. So I went to anesthesia school and then, uh, you know, I've been doing business for like four years now and I had created this business and I'm like, okay, this is much more fun than anesthesia but there's still something missing. And I really just stepped back and started asking myself that question, what is it that I truly desire? Um, you know, I feel like when we start like suppressing our creativity or who we are, then we start putting on these different masks. And at some point after layers and layers and layers, we don't really know who we are. And so the Genius Identity Code is really going back through your history and your story and unpacking all that through your childhood, through, um, you know, asking, you know, lots of questions 
Um, you know, in anesthesia, we ask lots of questions to find out what the problem the patient is having. And that's exactly what we're doing. It's and not necessarily that you're having a problem, but really unpacking, like, what is it that, you know, your gifts are, your, your X factor, your superpower, so that you can lean into that in your, in your business. And then also, typically, your story uh, also reveals, like, what you want to use that superpower for, your purpose. And then... Um, and then how you bring that into the world based on your values, your vision, your mission. And really, it, that's where the identity stuff, when you really get that um, kind of unpacked and realizing, like, I've had, I've had clients say, I'm remembering who I am. And so uh, then you can start, you know, showing up as your most authentic self. You know, and that is so relevant is being that, like you said, authentic self. Right. And it's so easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle and the shuffle of everyday life where who really am I, you know, and then we get identified by association, mm -hmm. you know, the person you're married to or the mother of or the father of or the brother of or the sister of or you work over here, you know, things like that. It's like, wow. You don't even have a name, right? And it's just kind of a, it's kind of disempowering when you start to really think about it and how many times you made reference to away from who you personally are. So finding that personal self by fulfilling your purpose and really what is your passion. Can you talk a little bit about that passion with with the code stuff that you're doing now and explain a little bit about what that is. Yeah. And so a lot of times we don't even see our superpowers. We can't even see because a, a lot of times our gifts come so natural to us. Um, we've been doing it. We've been practicing in our whole lives and we don't even really recognize it as like a gift or a superpower. And um, I believe that when you can identify that and name it, and elevate it and focus on it, then you can you can hone it even more. Um, you can start using it in your, well, I, you know, I work with business, I work with people that this will work for anybody, but it, but I really want to help people build a, a business that, you know, is aligned with who they are. Um, and I know that a lot of business people aren't doing that. So, um, so really what we go back, not only through just asking lots of questions, like what couple, it's just like, what, what is it that, you love to do that you would do even if you didn't get paid? What do people come to you and ask you for help with? You know, what did you love to do as a child? And a lot of times it's a combination of what we love to do and then the skills that we've picked up through life and business and we've kind of married this thing that's that's our unique gift, our unique superpower. But one of the things I have my clients do is, is um, and I learned this through someone else, but um, it's it really fits with this in and the things that come out of it are really cool. People are like, oh my gosh, this is what all my friends said. And, and you see the, these repeating patterns. And so it's called the gifts email. And I, I have them pick at least five people and to, um, to email them. Email seems to work better than text because I believe people, when you email somebody and ask them to reply back, they actually sit down at the keyboard um, in their space, maybe, and they're like thinking about it instead of just firing, you know, rapid firing a text back. So it actually, that's my, that's my theory on it anyway, but um, ask five people to share with you five things that have helped or that, that you've somehow helped them with 
or somehow either help them or help them overcome or that they uh, they see as your natural gift or your superpower or and or something that they find really fascinating about you. And so, um, you know, first of all, get these emails back and boy, does it feel good to see how other people see you. You know, these, you know, like these, um, they see the good stuff in you. And sometimes we just not, we're not even recognizing that. So that's one thing. And then as you go through, we go through all the, you know, all the way up from your childhood to your present, like digging into, you know, your story and your history, all these questions, um, it brings up all these memories, but then we start seeing these patterns that that are overlapping. And then we use the gifts email and the, the patterns that are showing up to actually name your name your gift. And so I have a client, I'll give you a couple of examples. I have a client that um, that we just, I took through this not too long ago and she had no idea what she wanted to do with her life. She was in a job that she didn't love. And, um, but she knew that she loved to make people feel good and she loved to light people up. And she decided the thing that she wanted to do, well, I'm not gonna tell that because she hasn't launched it yet and it's pretty unique and I don't wanna, I don't wanna spill the beans for her, but, um, but her, um, she named her gift is I'm a feel good catalyst. And so like that tied with her mission of like bringing light and joy and empowerment to women um, is part of her mission. So when you go through the code, you actually get a code that is the name of your gift, your purpose, and your path, meaning how you best will use your superpower for the good of humanity and how you're best going to bring that into the world with, you know, in relation to how, how you like to show up with your values. Like for me, it's like I want my business to have creativity and I want there to be adventure and it should be fun. And these are things that I want to like, they, they should show up in my business because I want them to show up in my life. And so that's kind of like the basis of, of that. That sounds really exciting. It's like, hmm, I just might have to talk to you about that, you know, <laughs> things like it's that so just really, you know, it, it, it is so much fun. You know, there's so much that we don't give ourselves credit for, right? And we we're just us and so you just be and you just do but when you really stop and step out of yourself and start looking at you know what is it that makes me special and different what is it that people you know like or don't like about me and to be able to send off you know emails like that i think that is a really great idea and hey if nothing else you got some good testimonials right yeah well i, I think it's one the, the another client that I had got back from three of the people how intuitive she was and she had been like pushing that part of her away she didn't want to like identify as an intuitive coach because she had all kind of like mindset issues the really cool thing about this is you when you go through your story and you're talking about it and then we're asking is this really true like the limiting beliefs that get busted like the origin story comes out um, so many of these things. But yeah, it, it is like you'll see these patterns of like, oh, intuitive, 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 um, great listener, great listener, great, you know, these kind of things come up from multiple people. I mean, ideally, you could do it with 10 people and you could really see what goes. But that's just kind of like the minimum of like do five, ask them five, you know, five, give you five things. But, but you know, I want to share this because I think this ties into, um, you know, the work I'm doing. So it's it's kind of like, you know, a guide for, for me, because this was my, you know, you know, your, your pain becomes your thing, right? Because I was unfulfilled. And I, I feel like 
you know, if we're living a life that's un, that we feel unfulfilled, there's always going to be that call of like, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? I know there's something else. And so there's two different, one is from, um, one is from Steve Oshler and it's, uh, um, until you, until you become who you were born to be, your soul will make it clear that you have yet to reach your full potential. And the other, and I hope I can remember this, it's from uh, the Gospel of Thomas. It's something like, if you bring forth what is within you, it will save you. And if you don't bring forth what is within you, it will destroy you. And I can say on both sides, I've lived both sides of the coin on that. And so I really, you know, that's kind of like, like, the guiding light of like the work I'm doing, I feel like is like getting you, every one of you, everybody out there has a unique genius identity code. And like finding that is like leaning into that work that we're supposed to do while we're here, because we have these, they're called gifts for a reason. We, I think that we, you know, we have gifts and our stories help guide us in our purpose. And like, we have this, we have to get this work out there. It's like, everybody is like a piece of the puzzle of the universal puzzle of life. And if we keep ours inside, we're not doing our part to like, to, to fill the jigsaw puzzle. So. Yeah, that's a great way to analogize it because it's, it's true, you know, um, to be able to have that expression of who you are. And, you know, those two little quotes that you mentioned, you know, I, I could see myself on both sides of the coin as well. And I think most people can. But the thing is, is it will destroy you because it keeps eating away at you, you know, and what happens when you're not being fulfilled and you're not living on purpose and you're not doing what's passionate about you, it, you end up getting in trouble with yourself, you know, addictions possibly, you know, depression, your suicides. I mean, the whole gamut just drives you down a rabbit hole. That's not a very pretty place to go, right? Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's my story. And I, you know, I, the more, like, if you, if you're reading, if you're, if you're interested in a subject, right, you read about all those books. And so, like, the, some of the readings that I've done of people that have, had, you know, been diagnosed with cancer and they left their job to do to, because they only had a short period of time to live to go do the thing that they had always wanted to do. And in a year or two there, they couldn't find their cancer. So like, I believe that our body holds the energy of this pain of the thing that we wanted to do. That's, that's could very likely be damaging our body. You know, that, that energy that's in there, that's, that's not happy energy that needs to come out. And so I really feel that it's not only, it's like your mental health, it's your physical health. It affects your relationship and it affects your revenue. Because if you're not doing the thing that you, that you love to do, then it's going to affect, you know, how you show up and how your heart's in it, or if you're even going to stay with it for the longevity of, you know, like the genius identity code, like taking people through this and helping them. Like, like we, as business owners, we have to get paid, but this is something that I could honestly say that I would do without, like, I love to do it. So, you know, I feel like finding that thing is, you know, is so key to not only our success, but our like fulfillment and our happiness. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, I, I just love when you mentioned about your story. You know, when you begin to 
put your story on paper. You get it out of here. You get it out of your heart. You get it out of your emotions, right? And all of a sudden, you begin listening and hearing you speak your own story. Oh, my gosh. That can be an awakening in its own right, right? Definitely. And because yeah. when you begin to hear and feel that and move away from the thinking parts of it, it's like it's a whole different show. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's so many sides to this. I think it is when you can speak it and write it, it gives you, uh, and I think too, doing it with someone else, like actually saying it to someone else gives you even that, it helps you to get that 30,000 foot view. And I know just going through my own story, like stories that I had been telling myself over and over about why I either wasn't good with something or or even realizing the block that it had caused me on showing up on video or expressing myself, you know, things that happened when I was a kid that I have just gone back and played that story. Like I, I can still tell this story over and over. And it's just, um, and but there's like, that happens all the time when you're going through this and like being able to share with somebody, but was that really your fault? Or was that, you know, was that, is that really what happened? And being able to kind of break that down, it's it's really freeing. And it also gives you clues to why, maybe why you are on the path that you're on or why you didn't choose another path or why you keep repeating, you know, the same behaviors. Yeah, exactly. And, and it can be an asset. Your story, your traumas, everything you experience is actually something that has made you. Absolutely. Into who you're becoming that you didn't even realize until you started to just like spew it out. And that's when the real awakening begins to happen, when you can awaken to the truth of your identity. Wow. It's, it, there's, there's no words for it. There's just no words for it. And so being able to do that, and like you say, and sitting down, and sometimes it's easier to sit down with a total stranger mm -hmm. and spill it than it is to sit down with someone, you know, that's close to you, whether it's a friend or a, a family member or something, right? Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I, I love this because it's, I really feel like it is true. And I've, I've always tried to figure that out because I know that if you guys done this, you've probably done this or seven, uh, seven layers deep of seven layers of why, where you, where you're, you're at like, what, what is it that you want to do? Or why do you do what you do? And you say, oh, because this is my path to freedom. Well, why do you want a path to freedom? And you just keep going down and down and down till you really get to the root of the problem. Well, I've done that several times by myself and I could never get to like, yeah, but is this really, I mean, I could never really get that deep because I feel like we're in our head when we're doing it. But when we have somebody else, like we're, we're focused on answering somebody else's question and it's like a heart to heart, then we can get them asking the same questions. At least this has been my experience that you can actually get down. And a lot of times the bottom why is something for that some reason in your childhood. <laughs> so, so, you know, that is so true. It goes, yeah. it always seems to go back to that childhood. And I know when I'm working with clients and, you know, over the last like 30 years, right, it, getting in those conversations and it always happens inevitably when you're really in that heart to heart digging into the depths, you know, 
and the tears come from both sides and the bonding mm -hmm. and the freeing it's it's precious i mean those are moments that are priceless because that not only changes you know the person you're working with it also creates a shift in you and then it ripples out and creates that shift in humanity right, right. that's right yeah. Stephanie, we're going to take a short break here and then we're going to come back and Nicole is going to find out some other information about you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Rhino RX welcomes you to the metaverse where you can create your own world, host events, speak internationally, sell in a virtual storefront. Creators programs available. The future of education is here. Rhino Studio, ready player one. Go ahead and scan the QR code. Join the silver program today. Hello everyone and welcome back to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest, Steph Shinneberry calling in from Arkansas. She has been sharing some absolutely wonderful things about identity and your body codes and just has, oh, has been a treat. So if you haven't listened to the first half, you need to make sure that you listen to that first half. So Stephanie, we are going to kind of move back into how you got on this journey and how it's impacted your life, you know, as you moved. And so you want to just share with the audience a little bit about your backstory and how it brought you to this point? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I feel, I feel like our, our heart really knows what we're supposed to do. And when we don't do that, when we don't listen to our heart, we don't follow our heart. It definitely has consequences. And uh, for me, it was, um, you know, in my 20s, I was in a, a field that I went into just as a stopping off point so that I could go back to art school and make money. And then that didn't happen. And I really was uh, just really just wasn't a fit for me. And so um, I had started like, um, you know, drinking after work and that became like a habit. And um, it became such a habit that it was a nightly thing. And I was pretty much miserable. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it just kind of kept getting worse. It was like progressing. So, um, you know, I got some help and I got sober. And, you know, once you're, once you're kind of free of like, this addiction thing, then I, you know, the world kind of opened up for me and I went back to art school. And, um, and there, the reason I'm telling you this is there's another period on down the road where I had to kind of like reset again. So, so in art school, what I found was like, oh my gosh, this is like so freaking, like I was, couldn't wait to get out of bed, couldn't wait to get to the studio. So I'm comparing this feeling of every day, I'm living in my joy, living in my purpose, living in my passion with, dreading going to work, hitting the alarm clock. Oh my God, I got to go to work. I got to go to work. So, so we can have that thing where we love to get out of bed and that's the way it should be. Right. So, um, I, but I, I could not figure out how to make the jump from, uh, from nursing with a, with a full-time salary. Um, I had bills and mortgage and all those things to, to pursuing art. Now, if I was in a different, if I was in different headspace, I probably could have done some, I probably would have done some different things, but I knew that I couldn't continue to work for another 20, 30 years in nursing. Um, it just was 
just was soul sucking for me. So I went back to anesthesia school. Now it's been a rewarding, challenging career and I like it 100% better than being a, being a nurse, an ICU nurse. I like, like, there's no comparison. It's very rewarding. Um, I work with one patient at a time. I get to know their story, um, get to, get to take them through this surgery, which is a, a great responsibility. There's a lot of autonomy, um, but there was still something missing. And I wanted to work with people. I wanted to help them reach their full potential. So I kind of fell into the business world several years ago, fell in love with marketing, um, started coaching people on marketing and how to like create um, like their signature systems and their offers and, and that kind of stuff. But I, again, it was like, okay, well, this isn't, I, there was still like some, my heart was still calling me to do something different. And I didn't really know what, what that was. And I knew I actually needed to do something different to kind of like, you know, if we're all just doing the same old cookie cutter stuff, it's kind of like, well, what makes you different from the next coach or the next person? So I really just stepped back and quit taking clients and went into um, this self-reflection mode. But it, but what got me on the journey was that thing of like, okay, here I am on the second half of my life and I'm repeating the same thing of not really doing the thing that lights me up. What is it that I truly desire? What is really possible for me? And those were the questions that started this whole journey and that I accidentally discovered this framework, which is now the Genius Identity Code. I didn't set out to discover the Genius Identity Code or to create this framework. I was doing work on myself. <laughs> and and um, I got such clarity and, and it just opened my mind to the possibility of that other people needed this clarity. And I, and I started to see business coaches who had reached six figures, multiple six figures, even seven figures that weren't feeling aligned with what they were doing. They weren't they had created success, but not fulfillment. And I feel like, um, you know, I, I heard this, there's some quote along the lines of if, um, if you're not living a fulfilled life, that's, uh, that's the greatest failure of all. So I think it is our job to find that thing that fulfills us because it's the work we're supposed to do. It's the, it's the work that we're going to fall in love with um, because, you know, that's what we're here to do. Oh, that's, you know, so true. And we need to pay attention to that, right? And sometimes we don't, we, we like ignore these things that show up in our face, right? And try to deny it, maybe hide from it, run away from it, or whatever the case is, when we really should be paying attention to that, because that is what's going to make a huge difference in what goes on in finding our identity and finding that passion, right? That makes you want to wake up every day, like you say, yeah. jump out of bed and just get with it, right? Right, right. I know. Yeah. There's a, a quote by Salvador Dali. He said, every day upon awakening, I feel extreme pleasure, that of being Salvador Dali. And I asked myself, wonderstruck, what prodigious thing will I do today? And that's the way it should be, right? Like, right. oh my God, this is the day that I have this 24 hour period to go create the life that I want to create. And so if we're going off like sardines in a can to a job that we don't love, you know, like there's a statistic that uh, there was a global survey like 15, like 2017 um, of like 1 billion people that showed only 15% felt inspired by their work. 
So that's, that's a, to me, that's tragic. And now you're seeing all these people that are quitting their jobs or not returning to their jobs. And it's because they got a taste of when they were, when they were off, you know, work or staying at home, they got a taste of like freedom and like, you know, feel it, you know, there's a different way to do things. And I think having that time to reflect of like, oh my gosh, I'm spending my whole life going to this job, doing this for someone else that I don't love. And, and I feel like, and it's not just about, you know, being happy with your, with your work or your job. It's like, I really feel like that you have work that's going to help somebody like no one else can. And that's, you know, having that purpose is really what is fulfilling for people. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And, and if nothing else, so many great things did come out of uh, every, everybody getting locked down last year, right? Because like you said, it gave them a different perspective and a different way to look at things. And it's like, wow, you know, this feels really good not having to drive into that office and all these different things. And it's like, hmm, you know, and, and again, you know, that pendulum swings both directions, right? And right. so- when you can become aware of which direction your pendulum is swinging, then you can decide on how you're going to make it swing in the direction that you want to go instead of let it just happen, right? So you can make life happen or you can let life happen to you, right? Right, exactly. Right, right. So when you're working, you know, with clients, you know, and, and when you look back, because the reflection always comes back when you're working with a client as to something that happened in your background because triggers are triggered all the time. So the student is healing to the teacher and vice versa, right? right. You know, so share again a little bit with the audience, you know, maybe some of the other struggles and things or challenges. What, you know, what is another major challenge that you had to move beyond to continue that? I, I want to get up. And I want to live my life because, you know, the art was doing that, but there was still, you mentioned something else missing. What was that other missing piece that right. took you on that journey to complete that process? Well, I think, I think it's, I think it's multiple things. I don't think it's just one thing. I mean, for me getting sober was, and, and I, and I went back out and started drinking again, cause I still wasn't doing the, you know, I, w I still wasn't doing the thing. Right. So, you know, you know, we're, we, like you said earlier, we cover that up because it's painful when we're not doing our thing. But, um, but I feel like, you know, getting sober was this huge awakening for me of like really looking back over my life. And, and at first it was like this regret of like all of these years that I, that I wasted. And, and I had to totally reframe that to like, no, all of these years is what made me on fire for what I am now to help other people not to have to go through that. And it just gives you this, you know, um, it just gives you this different perspective um, of 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 like living your life in an awakened state. But I but there's a story that I, I this is a story that I that I told myself and I used to laugh about it. But it's something that I told over and over, and I knew that somehow it affected me. So when I was in the second grade. Um, okay, first of all, I feel like I had this problem like expressing myself. Like, um, like be like expressing my truth, like showing up and, and being true. It's like, it's just the words were stuck or, you know, I, I, I even writing or any kind of expression. And, um, and I going through this process, I feel like I was able to trace that to at least 
one of the reasons that 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 happened. And so when I was in the second grade, you know, I probably was 5'10 in the second grade. Not really, but I was really tall and gangly and goofy looking and everything. Like I just was like growing really fast, you know. And so I think I was probably ta the tallest person in class, even in the second grade. And um, I think when you grow that fast and you stick out, you don't have like a lot of confidence. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just kind of kind of guessing that part. I, don't, I wasn't really thinking about confidence at that time. But I remember being in this, uh, this, my teacher, her name was Mrs. Jones. And when I would read, stand up to read out loud, and I was reading about like it was what, Tom, Harry, Mary, whatever. And I would say Mary, and she would say, it's not, it's not Mary, it's Mary. And so she pronounced M-A-R-Y as Mary. And I could not, for the life of me, bring myself to say that because I knew that's not the way we talked at our house. And um, anyway, so I would go tell my mom and she would just be like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. But, but the lady, the teacher, for some reason, I don't think liked me. So we, this is the story. So we had this assignment to write a story. You know, remember the, you remember the, uh, the paper that had the line, the dotted lines and at the top, it had a space for you to draw a picture. And so I was pretty quiet and shy and kept to myself. And, um, and this little girl, the teacher was out of the room, kept coming back to the table to my thing to ask me how to spell words. And then the teacher got back, we, we drew our pictures, we turned the thing in. And a few days later, they, the teacher had picked all the, the stories that she liked and they were all hanging in the hallway. And guess whose story was hanging in the hallway? Well, it was my story, but it had the little girl, the, it was the little girl's handwriting. The little girl had literally copied my story and pretty much my photo. And I guess that something about that of like, I felt like, well, they must have, you know, did they, you know, would, you know, first of all, I felt cheated, right? I never said anything and just uh, anything like that. And then um, kind of the next, the next year, uh, a teacher accused me of like, I had written a poem. I think I was always like this creative person. I had written a poem about a night and um, I'd probably seen a movie about it. I don't know why I was into nights. I'm a, you know, but she asked me where I copied, what book did you copy this poem from? Like literally the coin, the, I mean, it was my point that I had not copied a point, but I, that kind of thing is like, well, I think there's something about like that going back through that story of like learning that, you know, maybe I had some hangups about really expressing myself because people weren't going to believe what I said or it wasn't good enough. And so, um, so I feel like even those little things that happen that are really should be pretty insignificant when we're young they we can attach a meaning to us that can affect the rest of our life and so i was able to identify that that i felt like that was something that was holding me back from expressing myself and it's something that i'm passionate about helping other people do to be able to fully express themselves oh thank you for sharing story. that story sorry about that oh no it's a beautiful story because you know that's so true. A lot of us find ourselves in that same type of position. How many times has something happened to us that we didn't speak up about, right? 
and and right. we just because we didn't know what to say or we were afraid we were going to get like smacked or something you right. know and you know and again but like you said it eats away at you through that childhood it just kind of continues to eat away into that adult life and you know everything gets misconstrued and messed up yeah. until you start to go back and start you know peeling that onion back and and freeing yourself from that incorrect perceptions, right? And forgiving, forgiving yourself and then forgiving the other person because they were only doing with what they knew as well, right? So, Absolutely. so Stephanie. Absolutely. They were doing, they were doing their best. They were doing their best. So can you share with the audience yep. three things that they can take away here today and start maybe walking you know, in a different direction down their path to help them kind of get that focus, maybe to, to get a little more on direction to find their assets, their superpowers, as you put it, you know, right. and their identity. What, what would you say to the audience for that? Right. Absolutely. Um, I think I can share like a little something from each section of the, of the code. And so the first one is, first of all, do the gifts email. Like, I really believe everyone should do that. The one I talked about earlier in the episode. But also just, you know, like, what what is it that you love to do that you would do even if you didn't get paid? I, I mean, that's really a great place to start. Because if you're passionate enough to do something without getting paid, you probably have a gift for it. You probably have already tried it out. And um, it's probably something you're pretty good at. And then really going back through your history, um, you know, I feel like that's our challenges, triumphs, and transformations, the things that we've overcome are part of, um, part of our purpose. Like, it's usually something in there that we, that we decided we want to take a stand for. It's in our story. And um, it's going to be something that, you know, is really, um, it's moving to you. It's so moving to you that it's not going to be something that you feel like you have to do. It's literally going to pull you forward. And when you can marry your genius and your purpose and then figure out how you want to best execute that, like you're going to be on fire. So the third one is, uh, is your, is if really identifying your top three to five values and, um, and not just picking them off a list, but like looking at you know, what, where do you spend your time? Look around your house. Like if you came into my home, you would know that like I'm an avid bicyclist, I'm an artist. Uh, so creativity, fitness are two of my values. And you would know that I'm a avid reader. I love to learn knowledge and learning and, and um, always trying to improve myself are, are, are my top values. So really, if when you know without a doubt what your top, you know, three to five values are, then you will start honoring those and you will you will set aside time to make sure that you know that that those are in your life and that you can make decisions you can say no to a lot more things if they don't align with your values and that's part of your identity your values are are really tied to your identity as well as your gift and purpose and then you know the, the whole identity piece of like when you unlock this and you have clarity on it and you know the name of your gift and the name of your and you can state your mission, then it's a matter of getting past those limiting beliefs of like, but who am I to do this or or whatever. You have to vision the person that would do those things and just start being that person now. Wow. 
That's amazing. That is so amazing. Stephanie, you know, I, I just want to say it's been an honor having you on the show. And we're definitely going to have to bring you back full circle again sometime next year. And, you know, talk about some other things and maybe where your journey has gone and how it has changed, you know, again, because change is happening so fast these days. It really is. And we never know where, you know, we never know, you know, where it will end up or what will end up happening. How, what, what, what hairpin turns will take or, or <laughs> exactly. what but, uh, I really I really feel like it is a journey and just embracing the journey but having fun along the way is so key so I really appreciate you and Nicole sharing your time and your space with me uh, thank you very much it's been fun and uh, it was it was a lovely interview thank you uh, thank you so much for being here and this is 360 wisdom speaks saying we'll see you on another episode Rhino RX welcomes you to the metaverse where you can create your own world, host events, speak internationally, sell in a virtual storefront. Creators programs available. The future of education is here. Rhino Studio, Ready Player One. Go ahead and scan the QR code. Join the Silver program today.